Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Comma Combos Podcast. Each and every Wednesday, we bring we bring to you artists, CEOs, and entrepreneurs that are winning in their particular industries. And today I have my coach, Mr. Justin Richardson, in the building. Y'all give it up for him. Make sure y'all shout out him, follow him, AO Just Three O's. That's the only page you have. Just go ahead and let the audience know who you are and what you do for the second time around. Uh, most definitely for sure. I, I told you how to find my award the second the second time around, you know what I'm saying? So this is year one. I'm excited for year two. Um, but <clears throat> most definitely, um, Justin Richardson, uh, go by AO Just um, for many, many years. Where way before Instagram, that was my name. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Uh, I, I I am a serial entrepreneur, but what I'm most known for as as on the internet as an influencer is uh, short-term rentals, Airbnb, property management, um, real estate. You can say uh, is is what I'm most known for, and what I've helped a lot of people have success in. Um, 33 years young. I'm a husband of one. I'm a father of two, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And 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 yeah, I'm I'm just enjoying life, you know, growing through life. So that's where we at right now. Appreciate you, Trika, for having me on again. Super excited. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Now you didn't show me up. I should have brought my award. <laughs> ah, well, you 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 got a lot of awards. <laughs> you have a lot. You have a lot. You got you got you got you a you shit a couple years. I won't be surprised you post. I just got a Grammy. I got an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> as much recognition you be getting, you be right. <laughs> so look, we're gonna jump right into it. Y'all already know we know each other. This is my brother, this is my family. We make money together, we make moves together. And I just wanna start off by asking you, what do you think? Uh we all feel like we're successful, right? Success right. is relative in our industries and things that we're doing in life, right? What do you what does your morning routine consist of? Uh so do you really, really? Let me keep it. Yeah, PG. I you want know. you to keep. I want you to keep it a hundred because I feel like yeah, so many times people get stirred fluff and it's like, oh, I wake up and I meditate and I pray and I do all. Every day not gonna look the same, right? So yeah, we need to tell people right. exactly what a successful person's morning routine is like. Like, what do what do y'all think our morning routine looks like? Sometimes we share with y'all on social media. Sometimes we yeah. don't. So I'm just asking you, you know, what is your Yeah, no, I'm 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 not a fluff type of guy. Um, a lot of the stuff, I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. A lot of the stuff that y'all see people be talking about, oh, I wait, like she said, wake up, I meditate, I do this, I do that, you know, <laughs> I read, I read the book for an hour. <laughs> Listen, all of that is I'm I can say I know people that do that personally, and I'm running laps around them. All mm-hmm. right. <laughs> So mm-hmm. all of that, all of, I'm not going to say I'm super consistent with my personal development. You know, I have actually read most of the books that you see back back here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really, really, really deep into that. Um, I think it just takes a season for you to, you know, go. When, once you discover personal development, really working on yourself and your mindset, because uh, your mind is also a muscle there. When you first discover personal development, like people will tell you, I wake up, I read hours of t- chat books like Listen, I, I read 10 pages a day and and it was a season of my life where I really dived into personal development. But then Ooh. after that, you're just maintaining it. So it's like you take a season of your life to lose weight, gain weight, whatever, you know, change your, your, your habits. And then it's to maintain it. So am I the person that's like always in a book, always listening to, you know, a podcast? I maintain 
how my mind is because it just takes you a season for you to unlearn and relearn certain things. But my morning routine, I wake up. First thing I do, I thank God for, you know, I do pray. For those of you that hear people say that, I actually... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I do wake up. Um, I, I, I have I, I, I have to like God is I, I take that seriously. Every source. Um, yes, that is the source of, of every everything, everything alive and not alive. So, um, yeah, I wake up. I say my prayers for sure. I, I'm grateful to God to, to see another day, another fresh 24 hours. Um, and then I make my my tea. So I get my, my ginger tea and mm-hmm. My um, my black seed oil in there. So I've been doing that for a couple years now. Uh, keep mm. my skin nice and smooth. My 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 hair. You know, I got a full hairline at the age of 33. I'm in the one percent. Full hairline at 33. All right. So I do that. Um. Uh. And I. We gonna keep it keep it real, right? I do roll my roll my my medicine. I'll keep put it like that. I roll my medicine. Right. I get on my video, no phone for about the first, you know, I'm not always consistent with that, but when I cause some cause you know the phone thing is like it's second nature now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I'm conscious of like, yo, no phone for just the first hour, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty consistent all the time, no. But most of the time, I'm consistent. No phone for the first hour, and I just sit on my patio. I look at the <laughs> the air. I talk to God. The nature, I, yeah. It's nature. I it's, when it rains, my morning is turned up. I love the rain. I love the feel of it. It's just a meditation type of moment for me. But do I meditate? Not consistently. Um, but I uh, and but I do. If I'm able to get into the gym, I go to the gym um, every other day. So that's about four or five times a week. Okay. And um, I just, in my mind, I tell myself, just get 30 minutes in. But when you train yourself to think it's 30 minutes, when you get there, you're really there for about an hour, 15. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, so that's that's really my morning routine. Um, but, you know, when it comes to fitness and stuff like that, that's, you know, every other day for me. But I make sure whatever that day is, I get it in. So it's some days where I wake up and things do pop up. You know, as an entrepreneur, you got to get to it. But I make sure by the end of the day, I at least get my hour 15, 30 minutes in um, if it's my day for the gym. Because like we talked about before we got on this call, those those 30s start kicking in. You start feeling that. So definitely yes. uh, I stretch. I stretch every single morning. I do at least about 45 minutes of stretching every single morning. I'm very consistent with that. That's interesting because I just said I wanted to start getting into like yoga or like something else for yeah, my I, I tried. I, I, I'm just, a, I'm just simple, man. I'm too, I'm like, it don't, for me, you know what I'm saying? For me, it don't take all of that. You know what I'm saying? For me. Some people is like, oh, I got to do all of the yoga, the this, the that, the, I got to get in a yoga class. I got to do hot yoga. Cold. I need that. something. I just need something like that push for me as far as like yeah. yoga and stretching. Because even when I work out, I don't stretch. I just go straight into the workout. I go straight into the thousand steps or straight into the, treadmill or whatever I'm doing or cardio or whatever I'm doing for that day or that week. And I don't really I, I don't take it serious. Like I'm not an athletic person. So like we just did in my mentorship group, we just did a 3 a.m. challenge and everybody had to wake up at 3 a.m. Most people usually wake up at 5, but they wake up at 5 and go straight into their day. Like they don't have a chance to create a morning routine or 
sit down and have tea or, you know, turn your phone off at a certain time. Like, my phone automatically is on do not disturb. From uh, and your phone is going to disturb right now. Like, your phone is always, always on do not disturb. Like, because I just feel like this. Otherwise, I'm going to just be in my phone all day. Like, as soon as somebody calls, as soon as somebody texts, and I just felt enslaved to my phone and i was like i have to figure out a way for me to not just sit there and be on my phone all day or hopping from app to app or hopping from text message to text message to email to and it was just becoming overwhelming like just being on the phone and holding on to that device all day and being at everybody else back and call so i just keep it on do not disturb for a certain time to a certain time if i'm off work it's Definitely on do not disturb. Like most of the time, my social media when I'm physically active is like early in the morning when we bringing the kids to school or driving back from bringing the kids to school or work or whatever. But other than that, I'm not physically sitting on the phone all day. Like I have my team scheduling my stuff out and I'm trying to stick to the, the programs and the marketing plans that they have me on. Like go live at this time, do this at this time. So I'm not just focused on being on social media all day because that was one of my biggest challenges because I would spend so much time on there until I started looking at my screen time. And I think we talked about this like before I was just looking at my screen time like, damn, we limit our kids screen time on watching certain stuff and being on social media and being on all these apps. But we don't monitor our own stuff but they're going to mimic what we do not what we tell them to do. So I had to start putting the phone down and being physically active, like uh, uh, physically present. Like, hey, not just saying, oh, would you? how was your day at school while I'm still in my phone or I'm listening to the radio and you know, not just not being actually present. So I I like to put my phone on, do not disturb and just be out the loop for a little while. Sometimes I come back and buku stuff that happens. Sometimes I come back and it's still the same old, same old. So I just like to take my, my own piece on, you know, doing that. No, but staying on, yeah, I mean, it's important for me to stay on task because now I could get so much more done, like as far as sending out emails or staying on task with my, my team, making sure that they're getting everything that they need from me and I'm I'm doing everything that I need to do for them and my clients and just keeping up with it all because it's not just one business. We have several businesses. Sometimes, you know, other things, other fires we got to put out. And, you know, with that being said, I want to ask you, like, What's one of your biggest failures and what did you learn from that experience? Because here we always talk about the success, the good, the good, the good. But I feel like new entrepreneurs are not being privy to like the failures that we've had. Like we talk about it a little bit, but we feel like we don't want to shine a light on failure too much. Or even if we consider it as a failure or just a lesson. But what would you say one of your biggest failures were and what did you learn from it? Oh, uh, man. I mean, I have a few, but... Um, I would say, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I look at it as a failure because uh, I, I really try to look at it as it as um, you know a learning a learning lesson, a, a mm-hmm. growth season, or whatever the case may be. Even like bad days, I like to call them character building days. <laughs> I like know that. <laughs> but um, I, I say, you know, quitting quitting my job too early. You know, the, the the third time was a charm, which was during the pandemic, <laughs> July 8th, 2020. But I, I have, you know, um, I have left my job a few times just, just being that entrepreneur, uneducated, the money's coming in and you're not saving for rainy days and things happen. Um, that actually happened, that happened several times for me. Um, the first time was actually when my, my, my wife and we had one son at the time, Chase, now we have two. But, you know, when we moved here from New York, 
back in, uh, that was about 2016. Um, at that time, uh, came down on a, uh, a full-time, you know, income from a network marketing company that I was in and the company went out of business and I, you know, they was basically paying my car at the time. They, you know, they, based on your performance, they give you these cars. I had a BMW, they was paying for that. Um, but you know, the, the company ended up going, making some bad decisions at the top, which pretty much affected, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, that BMW, I ended up doing DoorDash out of it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was doing, you know, Uber Eats. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had to make sacrifices. I worked at a pet shop. I didn't know nothing about pets at all. But you know, I, I got I got a baby on the way. I got you know mm-hmm. things. You gotta do what you gotta do, right? You know, so um, that was something you know that I I, I learned from, but um, obviously I didn't learn well enough because you know it happened again. Um, we had some things, some hiccups in our cleaning company that was holding us down um, for a while. You know, that was that business that we made our first six figures in was you know the mm-hmm. cleaning company. Um, so uh, that I ended up leaving my job when, you know, that was pretty much coming in consistently. And um, the, the work was coming in, but in our cleaning business, you know, there's this is it's insurance is serious when it comes to janitorial. So our insurance, mm-hmm. lapsed. you know, long story short, our insurance lapsed. You don't get paid out. You don't get your 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 net 30 checks that they pay us out on um, until you're in compliance. So we was out of compliance. So we was out of compliance for like four months. I'm like, oh, wow. running, I got to go back to work. So I went back and that's when I was working in property management. And that's why I appreciate that company so much because they actually hired me two times. So I left the first time, but we were still on good terms. Went back the second time. I'm um, in the third time we left on good terms because we still have our cleaning contract with them, you know? So, uh, but yeah, that's, if I had to give you one, cause there's several, you know, we could be on this for, for a long time. <laughs> Episode two, episode three, talking about you. But yeah, for yeah, you, I for say, listen, the biggest two, thing is I have to forward. <laughs> but I would say this: um, to what I learned from that experience is, and, and this is what I even teach in the course when people to ask mm-hmm. me, "Just a good time to leave my job?" You know, when I'm, I'm in my mentorship and coaching, when's a good time I can leave my job? You know, and that, I'm like, listen, until you have uh, at least about six to seven months of just living, you're living, you know, expenses, just sitting there, right? Open an account that you're just not touching for rainy days. You know, I tell people all the time, even when it's like, oh, I got my first unit. That's great. Just mm-hmm. make sure you have that little safety net because Murphy's Law, anything that can happen, will happen. Yeah. Big problems, small problems, life just lifes. <laughs> life be life You know, personal <laughs> business, your kids' lives be life in. So mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, focus on what you can control. Don't let other people's problems become your problems. But definitely when it comes to leaving your job, you got to think about insurance. You know, I'm an I'm a out-of-pocket type of person. You know what I'm saying? I have life insurance, a heft, several hefty life insurance policies. You got con- to consider those type of things. Um, you know, your kids have to have health insurance. They're in school. They're in sports. So our kids have these are things that I had to think we got to think about when it, when we become full time entrepreneurs. Definitely multiple accounts that you're just not touching. You have at least two to three accounts that 
you know, funds are going in that you're just not touching, whether it be an investment account, swab, TD, marriage, whatever you choose to go with, that's mm-hmm. important. Um, your life insurance can also be your, and I know these are things that you know too, you know, you, you're the finance guru, but I'm just saying <laughs> for you, in my experience and what I learned from, from my mistakes are these are things that you have to set yourself up for, prepare for before leaving a job. Like our, I was still working my nine to five in property management, making a little over $45,000 a year, but mm-hmm. our cleaning company, which was a, which was contracted through the company I was working for, was generating six figures. Mm-hmm. So I was at my nine to five. Keisha went full time as an entrepreneur first, but mm-hmm. we were still bringing in six figures. There's some people that's like, oh, I just hit 10k, I'm out of here. Listen, <laughs> when, you have, when you have children, when you, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you're not thinking of maybe if you single, ain't got no responsibilities, but right. when you you were grown and you got a family. These are things that you got to consider um, yes. before walking away. Like, of course, there were days where I'm like, man, I could literally just come in here and say something stupid to me and I'm out, you know. But I remember the first two times I did that, <laughs> and it, mm-hmm. you know, me back in those doors again. So I would say that's something that I learned from. Um, and I can definitely go on and on about how to just prepare yourself for becoming a full-time entrepreneur. But I know that will take up a lot more time. But those are just things, you know. <laughs> consider no that was really really good a couple of things that you said one insurance a lot of people don't realize that life insurance is a tool right that you can use to pull money out of if you don't let it last um instead of you know pay into it a few years or a few months right and then another thing health insurance that you said earlier um being an entrepreneur health insurance is a little bit more expensive than being at a company where you get group rates and all of these things people don't realize that or people feel like well i'm keeping my job i'm gonna still hybrid entrepreneur because of the insurance so i'm not gonna leave the job i'm gonna go part-time or whatever the case may be whatever works for your situation let it work for your situation i do agree with having six to seven months on the side and of course you'll know i agree with having multiple accounts um, I always tell people personally and professionally, you should have at least three accounts at minimum. One for income, one for expenses, one for savings. And savings is going to teeter title over into taxes, depending on your tax bracket, right? So having money on the side for when tax time comes for you to pay your taxes, if you're in that tax bracket, having money on the side for if hurricane season comes, if you live in an area where y'all get hit with other type of natural disasters, tornadoes, wildfires, etc. right? We live in New Orleans, so we get hit with hurricanes, you know, every now and then. If you're in Florida, it might be different for you. If you're in Atlanta, it might be different for you. If you're in Cali, it might be different for you, right? Because I know people are listening from all over the world, but we just want to give you the scenarios or the steps that we took um, and the, the times that we bumped our head and said, you know what, I'm not ready, right? Because I know I sat up here and quit jobs before for little or nothing. Like, what? Take out the trash. I don't take out the trash. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, my mom and they would laugh at me. I'm telling you, I literally quit a job because it was like, you got to take out the trash. I'm like, I ain't taking out no trash. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, quit, I quit Arby's. That, Arby's was my first job when I was in high school. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember I quit that job. I was doing my thing at the fry station, you know what I'm saying? My little curly fries, my nuggets. And then the manager came over there because somebody came to the register and was like, I didn't order this. She threw the fries with the cup in my station that I just cleaned. 
So I'm not dealing with this. This ain't for me. So uh, like coming from like being a waiter and, and coming from being a waitress and being a cashier and all of those things, it gave me like cash handling experience. Like as fast yeah. as it could come, that's how fast it could go. So that kind of taught me a little bit about money management, not spending all my money, having a goal, how much I want to make each day, how much I need to make to make my bills and stuff like that. That helped me out on the lower end. So when I was able to secure a job like while I was going through college and uh, actual sit down weekends off things like that I'm like okay so I make way more money here I know I, I used to be able to manage all $500 a week or whatever being a waitress I know I can manage $1,200 or whatever every week or every two weeks um I could I can manage from there but most people can't manage the the little so they always think that they need more but m magically getting more money is not going to be the solution so I always tell people remember that too oh I need a raise oh, I need more money or oh, this company is making more money I should be getting more money like you're not understanding the level of overhead that this company may have or you don't understand why everything is so seamless for you because this company has these things in place for you right for the employees sometimes the company might not even be able to cover what they have to cover but they're making sure that other people's households are straight right so thinking about um money management is, is very very key especially when you're coming from corporate going into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and you know that and, and even when it comes to like you said some people at their job and they're like oh i should be getting more because of the amount of work that i'm doing and most of the time the people that are at the bottom of that that company are doing at least physically most of the work mentally even if you're not doing a physical job i know for me when i started out as a leasing agent it was mental because i was dealing with hundreds of people every single day that's right. looking for a place to live you know so <clears throat> my thing when it comes to you know people that want to make more money whether it be at your job or whether it be your you want your business to make more money oh it's based on your value that you bring to the market you know, there's a lot of people out here teaching short-term rentals, people teaching and coaching and mentoring, you know, taxes, right? But mm -hmm. as far as getting people in to join your mentorship, to join your coaching, to join to, to purchase your t-shirts, you have to make yourself more valuable to the marketplace, even, even if it's just adding value to your marketing. When it comes to your nine to five, your piece of paper might be the value. Is like you got a high school diploma? Do you have a four-year degree? What is your, what is the value you're bringing? And it's true. Some people who don't have a degree can actually bring more value. But what's on paper? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's about. And then sometimes you just need to open your mouth with the ideas you might have for that company. That's what helped me. I didn't have a degree, but I I had ideas for the company. I performed very well. I was closing the most. You know, increasing occupancy and stuff like that. So because of my performance, I brought more value and I started making more money. So what do you, business, personal, your nine to five, the market will tell you. It's the same thing in real estate. You can't just right. put a house up for sale and say, I want a million dollars, but it's only <laughs> worth a quarter million. <laughs> right. what, the value, the market is gonna tell you what, what it's worth, not you. And that that's personal and that's in business. A hundred percent. I um I always tell people that, and not only that, negotiation like even if you plan on if you're not an entrepreneur you just um like to invest in certain things that may help you get passive income such as the short-term rental industry or 
um, taxes. I, I was just telling a girl the other day, you can own a tax business and not do taxes. Um, one of my colleagues does it. Like she does not, she is not hands-on with her tax business at all. Her her mm -hmm. um, employees and contractors do all of her clients' taxes. And she's just like, I have a tax company. You, you don't hear me say nothing about it. I say, you're right too. And um, that's kind of like the, the shift that I went into with Carter and Associates. And I was like, I'm not forcing the person that I sell the software to, to be the tax preparer. I'm forcing them to build a tax firm. And so mm. we're taking a different approach um, just from having that conversation. She doesn't know that how much value she added to me just by having that conversation with her about, yeah, I don't even talk about my tax company. I just let it run on its own. And so same thing, like we built companies that have valuations that can run on their own. Uh, we have teams that can allow our companies to run on their own, but so much so that we're in a in the forefront and people are used to seeing us, they gravitate to us. Yeah. And that's kind of yeah, hard that's, to that's, wean people off. You know, that's, it that's is a trap. trap. People yeah, try to yeah. it's, it's like you're trying to wean them off and like, okay, listen, this we is want you, we want Drika. <laughs> yeah, like that's what, I tell you, my massage the massage therapist we have, he's like, okay, I'm gonna send somebody. I'm like, no, I want you to. No, I want you exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> exactly. I, I, understand. I understand, man. That's big though. It's big, especially yeah. with entrepreneurship, because people feel like entrepreneur is one person. Like, you can't have a big company because you're an entrepreneur. You can't have a team because you're an entrepreneur. So I'm looking to only work with you, but you should be able to trust whoever I put into those positions. So like um, I spoke on a panel last week and they was talking about like, how do I build a team or build a sustainable company and things of that nature. And I went on to say, just getting hiring people that I could trust, putting people in the positions that they desire to be in. Cause you could put somebody in a position, but if that's not where they hard at, they're not going to fulfill it how you need it to be fulfilled. And also getting, right. getting people to work in places where you're weak, right? I know I'm weak at quote unquote marketing. Like I could be consistent. Yeah. I could post all day, but that's not marketing. So creating those visions that go with what I have, what I have in my mind, that's not my lane. It's not my ministry. I ain't gonna do it. I'm gonna call Bree or Tempest, you know, in a second, and be like, "Hey, how you do this? Um, can you fix this for me? Can you give me some graphics to go with this?" And then I allow my team to go ahead and and fill in when they can. But I can't just see myself trying to be jack of all trades anymore. Like I've done that as an entrepreneur, but I know right now where I am now, I cannot continue to do that in the space that I'm going in and the direction that it's flowing in. You got to master. They say jack of all trades, master of none. You got to ma yes. ma master, master it, man. And I, it's, it's crazy. Me and my best friend was talking about, you know, we want to make peaceful money. Any, any new invent venture we get into, <clears throat> I want my team to be very small. I want I want the quality over quantity. Team very yeah. small. A lot of a lot of income coming in. A lot of generating. But yeah, like your like your colleague, like your friends said, you know, I, it just runs on its own. I'm like, yeah, that's peaceful money. Like, don't call me. Like, even if it's an emergency, don't even think of my name. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even that, that, was, that was so hard for me to do because I was the person that was 
always I'm answering. As, yeah. as soon as she as soon as I call, she gonna answer. As soon as I text, she gonna answer. As soon as I email, she gonna answer. And it was like, do you ever sleep? Because you always answer. Like they didn't even have the expectation of me not answering until yeah. now. So now they are getting acclimated to calling the one eight hundred number, to emailing back, to texting back, and stuff like that. Because I had to literally reteach yeah. them how to do business with us versus yeah. just always wanting to speak to Drika. It was a time where like mm. for the first, I ain't gonna lie, like last year was my first time really taking off and like traveling during tax season and being able to take off Q3 and stuff like that after almost 10 years, right? right. So just think about that. Working year-round in the pandemic years, we had extended tax seasons and stuff like that. So I was already acclimated to just Keep going, keep going. So I never really had a pause or a stop during my entrepreneurship journey. Even when I was a hybrid entrepreneur, I was working my nine to five. Truth be told, I probably was still doing my taxes while I'm at these people's job. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh well, I got this and I got this down packed. I wasn't really too much worried about it until of course, I, you know, wasn't in that position anymore. And it's like, dang, I don't have nothing to do for these eight hours. Uh, you know, my side hustle was the juice that was getting me through the eight hours or whatever. But now it's like, okay, well, this this all I got. I don't have a plan B. What am I going to do now? Now I need to enforce the policies and procedures that I've been writing all these, all this time for me to, you know, enforce um, in, in my business and things like that. But people didn't realize what I was doing until, let's see, I stopped working in 2018. So this is about to be my fifth, sixth year going into entrepreneurship full time. And I'm looking mm -hmm. at it like, look, I could build any business up. I just have to focus on one at a time. And that's what I did. So I focused on the taxes and that led me to open up the restaurant and that led me to um, close that down, open up the Airbnb business and stuff like that. And just knowing how to pivot in, on the entrepreneurship journey, whether it's the highs, whether it's the lows, whether it's peak season, slow season, whatever, knowing how to pivot and manage money is going to be key. Um, I would, I want to ask you if you would go back, I would say 18, but 18, we wasn't really listening to nobody if we being real. So I'm going to go back and say if you would go back to your 21-year-old self, what would you give yourself a piece of advice? What would you give yourself? What kind of advice would you give yourself? 21. <laughs> Can you do something for me? <laughs> I, I needed a lot done for me at 21. Um, <clears throat> yeah, 20, so 20 is when we found out Keisha was pregnant with Chase. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't planned, but it was the best thing to happen for, for, for right. us. Um, what would I tell myself? I, I would say, dang, I, I was in hustle mode back then. Like I, I was working in you know, multiple barbershops in Brooklyn. I was doing things on the side. I had no business doing. <laughs> um, not like <laughs> yeah, we've been yeah, there all, 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 all the way down to when Chase was born. My mother had to. I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. My mother was like, "You need to get to this hospital right now. I don't care what you're doing in the street." <laughs> and I was trying to get money. You know, I, I'm my mom is like, I need to get money. My my son is on the way. Oh, that's all. Right. I was so, but um. But man, I, 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 dang, what would I tell myself at twenty one? That's it. That that was that's. I need a different age because that one I was like, I was. Well, I'm gonna say, all right, because yeah, men, men kind of grow up later than us. All right, I'm gonna say twenty five. Then I'm gonna say twenty five. Twenty five. Um, what would I tell myself at twenty five? What was I doing? I know I was. Yeah, 
I was in, I was definitely in, yeah, I was in network marketing. Um, dang, what would I tell myself? Dang, that's at 25. Because see, <laughs> 25 is when I finally found mentorship. Mm, so, it, okay. yeah, like, you know, 20, 21, so what would I, okay, let me go back to 21. Um, at 21, I would, I would tell myself, um, dang, focus on one thing. I would say that focus on one thing, be consistent in one. That's something my mother, my mother used to tell me like, Justin, you're so smart, but you get bored too easy. You don't, you don't see it through, you know, you, you jump, you, you, you get to this and then you get bored and then you jump to the next thing. You know, you wanted a barbershop then you wanted to have a, a, a video or photography studio. Then you got into, you know, this and that. <clears throat> so I would say, because like you said, we know how to start our businesses. Like even when I was doing video production and photography, I was, I was, I was just, it was just self-taught. It was just YouTube. And when it came to me, cutting hair, you know, making a couple grand a week at 18, 19, you know, and doing other things. Like I, I, I really went home. I was living in the hood, but I'll be in home 10 o'clock at night watching YouTube videos so I could be better the next morning. So I was at whatever I set something to do. I was, you know, in it, I was passionate about it. And once I got really, really good and it was no longer a challenge for me, I started something else. So that's my thing. It's not that, you know, things got, um, I wasn't good at it. I would get good at it. I would force myself to be good at it. But when I get really good at it, it's, nice. you know, it's I, not interesting no more. Yeah, it's not a challenge. Like, I figured it out. I mastered it. It's, it's not a challenge. You know what I'm saying? So I okay. would say, see it through. Like, who knows? Who I could have been, the way that I network and talk and get in rooms, I could have been cutting, I don't know, the fucking Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could have been the the official barber for the New York Giants by now. Right. You know, I did have those dreams, but at the same time, I, I had in the one side of my head, like, I got to get money now. I have a kid. You know, my mm-hmm. mother was also saying to, in my head saying, you can't be doing these hustles anymore and these little small businesses, even though she, she did support, you know what I'm saying? In a way, mm-hmm. her thing was, you have a son now, Justin, you need insurance, you need a real job. And that's when I ended up, you know, stopping, pausing and like, you know, I do need insurance, you know, I do need a guy, you know what I'm saying? So I would say, you know, see, you know, some something I would tell myself back then is see it through. Who knows how many barbershops I would have had by now? Who knows whose hair I could have been cutting by now? When I was right. doing video production and photography, I was doing the concerts. I was backstage. I was traveling with celebrities all over the world yep. because of how I talked, because of how I focused on the quality of my videos. You know, I studied all, I used to go on, on world star hip hop and I would watch all the big Sean documentaries when they was on tour with Khalifa. And I would take it, buy some of that stuff to the clients and celebrities I was working with. So whatever, whatever idea came and whatever business I got into, I would really take the craft serious, but <clears throat> when it got bored, when it, it wasn't a challenge, I moved on. Now the videos was different. We got hit by Hurricane Sandy, and I had no insurance on none of my equipment. So oh, when the yeah, when the hurricane came through, I had to tag it on up like a U-Haul truck. <laughs> it was like dang, because you know we would take our tax money, you know, and buy the stuff. Keep it real, come on. 
<laughs> you know, and buy all the equipment. Oh, you want insurance? Nah, I don't need that. <laughs> you know? Nope. Nah, I'm not paying no extra $99. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would I would I would say uh be consistent in, in one thing and, and see it through. Um, because you you know, I never know where I could have been. We me and Keisha, we met, we were both party promoters. You know, she had her group, I had my group, I was DJing, I was in some of these clubs in Atlanta. You know, these big, I was in some of these clubs when I was in college at 17 years old, you know, because right. I took my craft serious. I was really good at music. I had a New York background. I had an Atlanta background. So, and that's how I met Keisha. I was a DJ. <laughs> if who know now, I got my little cousin who also came up as a DJ. Mm -hmm. He used to ask me questions about music and using this tool and that tool. And now he is the engineer for Summer Walker's albums. Don't you know, shout him out. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my cousin Dos Diaz, you know. Um, well, we call him Day Day, but yeah, you know. And then I got other people who's actually that I used to DJ with, and now they are the um, the CEOs of record labels. So who knows what would have happened had I seen things through? So that's would be my advice to y'all. Y'all probably got something going on. You know, see it through. There's there's always new levels when you get to that point and you're like, yeah, you know what? I am getting bored. You know, there's a new level to it. Bring on a new challenge for that, for that business and see, you know, see see it all the way through. That's what I would say to my younger self. A thousand percent. I agree, too. And that's that's part of the advice I would have gave myself back then, too. Like, really slow down because I feel like we all, as kids, we look forward to oh, I want to be grown or I want to be 18 so I can move out and jump into debt, right? Because you're going from high school to college, that's debt. Going from college to moving into your first apartment or first home, that's debt. Like everything is going, you walking straight into debt. As soon as you say, I'm an adult, here go to debt. That's <laughs> like, what's up? <laughs> you want to be as you that cap in the air in high school, that's it. <laughs> You throw that cap in the air. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Not free no more. <laughs> yeah, that's not you grow we, now. We didn't have, no no, have nobody sending us money back then. Like uh, even when we were in school, it was just like, okay, here go your your FAFSA or your Pell Grant or whatever, your scholarships if you got that, and that was it. Like nobody was giving no college parties and bringing you stuff for your dorm room or your apartment or whatever. Nobody sending you money. You uh, figuring it out. Dorm rooms look like the kids. Exactly. Dorm rooms prom is looking like we can't even get into that. That's another story yeah. for another day. So like we didn't have all the luxuries that they have now. So when we telling yeah. them, hey, stay in a child's place and do this and don't do that and just listen and pay attention to the well-building tools that you have around you or the environment that you have around you, pay attention to the friends that you have around you and nurture the gifts that they have in them. Like support your friends, wear their stuff. If they have a clothing line or a t-shirt line, wear their stuff. Don't go to dealers and your cousin or your friend make, make shirts and skirts and, and jeans right and i see it i don't have to tell my daughter that like her friends do stuff or they do hell she going to them she not trying to go to the next person and i feel like that that generation is catching on to it it's like it skipped a generation or as our parents they were taught get a job or get a degree get a you know get a decent job have insurance all of those things and then they tried to pass that down to us whereas we were kind of like rebellious and said it's another way to do this yeah, watching them, watching them struggle. 
Right. You know and it's like, that's not, that can't be the American dream. Wait, I think I posted the other day and I was talking about like the American dream of buy a house. That's that. Go to school. That's that. Get a job. That's going to put you in debt because you can't afford to pay nothing at the job. Then you become an elderly person. Right. And now you can't afford to keep in, keep taking care of yourself. You can't afford to go to the appointments and stuff. Cause my last job was literally calling elderly people to come to their appointments, but they had to pay before. Like I was over the department where everybody was calling all of the elderly people and it was just like i can't afford this i'm only getting paid x amount of dollars i can't afford a copay for this and my bills and all these and i don't want i say i don't want to do this like i ain't trying to be like that at 50 60 yeah. 70 years old after you didn't work from 16 to 70 and yeah. you still can't afford to do nothing that's that's not what i want my future to look like right and yeah. so um, me being an entrepreneur was inevitable. Like I saw my dad be an entrepreneur. He was a hybrid entrepreneur, but he had so many successful things going on at one time. Like in this season, he was selling cars and this season he was selling houses or he had rental properties and he was showing me like how to do certain stuff. And it's like, I probably wasn't paying attention, but coming around mm. when I was in college, I'm like, let me help you manage these properties. And Going straight into after taking your class and going into Airbnb was like, I know how to manage property. All I need to do is know how to get in the door without yeah. having the credit or the capital to purchase the property and things like that. So it's like stuff that our parents teach us. We have adults right now paying people thousands of dollars to tell them the same stuff, like be confident do this, do that, don't do this, don't max out your credit and start building credit here. Like we're grown adults and we're having to pay people to tell us the same stuff our parents taught us, but we ain't want to listen because we want to be grown. Right. It's crazy. Right. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It's crazy, yeah. it's crazy. And that's good to hear because like, you know, I didn't come up from that, that type of background, but what your father did for you, I'm doing for my kids. And sometimes I'm like, exactly. you know, I literally, I was sitting chase after, um, you know, you met, you, it's crazy. Everybody I'm talking about, you actually met before. You met my cousin Day Day at the Just for mm -hmm. Dreamer. That was Diaz. And now Chris Kennedy, um, who talked about insurance. That's our insurance guy. So mm -hmm. right after we get our policies, I bring Chase and, and, and um, you know, sometimes I bring them to certain lunches and dinners that I'm having with people mm -hmm. that I know that is, I know is not adult, 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 <laughs> you know, right. so like, no, you know, we're not going to be drinking, drinking, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have them come just to be a fly on the wall. You mm -hmm. know, even if they're in their phone, I know it's sub, the conversation is subconsciously going in their Listening, mind. Right. So when they get become adults and have these conversations or they hear them cut these conversations around them. It's not far. It's not a foreign language. So I'll, I'll bring them to certain conventions I go to and things like that. I don't know if they listening. But it's enough knowing that I used when my mother when I was young, my mother used to bring me to the Mary Kay meetings. I was I was you know what I'm saying I'm like and then I got older and I got into direct sales myself. I'm mm -hmm. like oh this is the thing my mother was taking. Oh okay you know right. so what your did for you, I'm doing now for my my kids and talking about life insurance and things like that, showing them certain things, showing them certain different bank accounts. You know, not just showing them how much money is in the account, but this is how we made the money. You know, even if it's just 30 seconds of that conversation, five minutes of that conversation, they might, you know, because I know Chase, he's he's like, his his facial expression is numb, you know, he's a teenager. So I'm like, I'm like, are you listening? Like, <laughs> you know, but 
But he sometimes he is, and sometimes I'll ask him certain things, you know, that I, I'll tell him. I'm like, you know, what did I tell you about life? And you say, yeah, you always used to say, you do what's easy, life will be hard. You do what's hard, life will be easy. So certain things I do say to them, they pick up. But like you said, it's, you know, I do be feeling like how your dad felt. Like, I don't think he really listening, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get it out the way because he can't say I never told him. And who knows, who knows they might be because look how you turned out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, no, nah, I think that's that's, that's, big that's, up that's house. Don't play with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% daddy's girl. Like, that's never going to change. And I'm a grown up. And I'm still here to say, what? I don't play like that about my daddy. I'm play with pops. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. No, that's dope. That's dope. What would you say um, is one of the biggest challenges that you're facing now? Like, we talked about back then. We talked about, like, both of us being, like, parents immediately at 20 and stuff like that and um but what would you say right now is one of your biggest challenges that you're facing either in a business project or a role that you're playing and how are you tackling it um so my my challenge was was taking on too many one-on-one coaching clients so okay. i can see that um yeah I, I was taking on you know too many one-on-one coaching clients um you know, even after, you know, I'm like, All right, I ain't taking, but then somebody ends up going on the site and they pay and here we are, you know, so I had, but I had, I had, I had to turn it off because <clears throat> here's the thing. It's like, and um, me and Keisha was, was, was talking about this the other day. Like, um, I'm, I'm already a natural, like, like introvert, like heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I, I even when it came to this interview, like you and I talk like you you my sister, we family mm-hmm. pretty much. But I still get anxiety coming on to these calls. Even if it's a one-on-one, a Zoom call, you know, I just and 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 sometimes it's some of the issues um that some I see some students going through because I mean they missed a step, you know, it all it always comes down to them missing a step. Mm-hmm. I got people in my ear that I say, Justin, that has nothing to do with your fault. You know, every student does not always follow the instructions of the teacher. You know, right. but in my ear, I'm like, but damn, like, they still came through my program. And I feel and like your I'm mind is like you're responsible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in my mind, I'm responsible to get them out of that. But, you know, I, I, I just so that anxiety and you know the time it takes out to actually you know coach them on a weekly basis and things like that and don't get me wrong i enjoy it i i love it it's a passion i love seeing people win i love seeing people they send me all these like it's overwhelming the amount of testimonies of people's lives have changed like mm-hmm. i'll post something on my facebook and somebody will comment saying justin you changed my, my life i'm like who's that like, i didn't even know we was friends on facebook <laughs> you know but it's, it's 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 amazing to see, but what's most important is what is 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 pouring that same energy into my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, my my kids. I don't want to say they're like a project to me because I know there's some parents that treat their kids like a project, trying to get them in the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. That's that's not it for me. As long as they passionate right. about it, and they want to do it. I'm their sponsor. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, we're going to get you training. We're going to make sure if this is something you're serious about. So that same energy I poured into my students and mentorship, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm closing, slowly closing that that chapter and pouring that into to my, my kids, you know. And um, 
because you know Caleb is now at the age where he he wants to play soccer, he wants to do things. You know, Chase is you know he's he's going on college tours and he's in middle school. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I really want to see what I because and and it all comes from my experience growing up as a child. You know, I didn't live with my my mother and father in my household. You know, missed out on on that. So. It really stems back to that. I want to see how far I can get them. You know, what level of success I can get get them. If I was able to do this, something like that for all these other people with passion, you know, investing into that, I want to do the same thing, but into my kids and see how far they can go. So a lot of my time has been with, you know, my kids and and not just with sports and and you know their academics, but just us going out and doing stuff, taking mm-hmm. walks. We were supposed to do six flags today, but you know. Right water came down so just that's my thing right now um but my challenge was you know the the time the stress the anxiety um pouring into so many people the different personalities the the emails yeah the energies you know emails text messages all different time of the night and day it just um and not saying i i I didn't have a team like i I had i had a team you know you met you met some of my team when you came for just a dream so I had a team. I got. I still have my my admin, my assistant Isaiah, um, who who's you know still still under my team right now. But still, that anxiety just kept messing with me, and I still had to take um, you know time for for out that I for my family to pour into all these people that I've been helping over the last three years. Um, and then you know I told this story many times. The course is not something that I had planned. It's not something I had written down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was just you know timing and the amount of people that was asking me how to how to do short term rentals how to do Airbnb and, and manage and do all that stuff automated the amount of people so that's what made me you know come tap up with into. the yeah tap right. into because I took so many courses myself which was just for me and my family to make money it wasn't for me to learn right. how to do a course or put a course out I took yeah. so many courses that I was like I think I could put one together. And it just happened to take off, you know. I didn't really put no marketing. I wasn't running no ads, nothing, you know. It was just and the results. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the, results. And the, the results and you know word of mouth. You know, it was free advertisement because people got the results. You know, mm-hmm. otherwise it would be bad advertisement. <laughs> people are getting evicted left and right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but the, I think that season, those those three years that I spent that season. Um, I'll still be dropping gems on social media. We still got the Facebook group, so I will still drop gems. But as far as like one-on-one coaching, I, I believe I'm, that chapter's closed. Um, you know what I'm saying? My, my master classes is, is automated, so they'll still be running. It's, you know, evergreen. But um, right, I, I just, I'm, I'm just all about family right now. I'll still educate. I need me to speak, pop up somewhere. I can teach because, and I'm still in the field. I got a unit on the first. I'm getting another unit August first. So you know, my my goal with that is, you know, I have a a, a number that I want to hit monthly, just coming in profitable, and and passively. And we have other things we 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 you know, Keisha and I have been talking about. Um, you know, we want it. You know, parking lots. You know, we want peaceful, easy money, but a lot of it. You know, so right. we have the things we 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 got in the works that we want to get into. But that was that was my um I guess you could say that's my that was my challenge, but you know, I'm a problem solver. So here we are. 
Seriously, like I feel like that was one of my challenges too, especially um with the one-on-ones and people not feeling comfortable in group settings or asking questions and stuff like that. And I feel like I was devoting so much time to making sure that people win because we, like you and I are really passionate. One thing about it, first of all, we Scorpios and we really passionate about helping people win or helping people do something that they set out to do. If you said my goal is to purchase a car, okay, I'm not stopping Helping until you, until you, get, you get that car. <laughs> you say you want to get a house. I'm not stopping helping you until you get that house. But you have to be disciplined. And I have I have to realize, I came to realize that most people aren't as disciplined as we are. Like when we're coming off as the coach, they're looking at you as, oh, that's my friend. Like she's cool or he's cool. But y'all might be cool, but we're not cool when it comes down to this. Like we handle right. a business, it's going to be black and white. And people right. don't realize that when they come into your space. So when, when you're coming into um, trying to help them accomplish something and they want to accomplish what it is that you've accomplished, that's that's a gem right there. I don't know if y'all caught yeah. it, but looking at people that have accomplished something that you're already looking to accomplish. I wouldn't have never enrolled in Justin class if he didn't have a unit and he out here teaching people about getting units. That's, that was one thing that replaced one of my incomes, right? So, and mm-hmm. in, in just being, it, people was telling me, oh, you should do a class. And I'm like, that's not my lane. I can send you to his class, right? And then, you know, we, we figure it out on our back end. But I feel like just looking at, the person that you relate to doing something that you want to do that's not enough you have to be disciplined enough to take the same step that that steps that they took to get what they wanted to get right you're not willing to do so sometimes you just like oh well i wanted to go out to eat okay well that out to eat money could have been your down payment for your unit that out to eat money could have been down payment for your system for your class for your coach or whatever the case may be that takes discipline to say i'm gonna skip cheddars i'm gonna skip flemings i'm gonna skip whatever to go get this down payment uh, or to not get this gift for my anniversary, but to also get a gift that's giving me passive income. So things like that people are not willing to do. So I had to, I had to relinquish the responsibility of helping people win. And I Mm -hmm. made it, I put it back in perspective of this is your role in helping yourself win. And this is my responsibility to you to help you win. But if you're not participating actively in your role, then my role isn't going to mean anything. Mm-hmm. That's right. My mentor used to say, participate in your own rescue. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, I feel like so many people are not doing it. And then they just feeling like, oh, well, it didn't work for me. Or, oh, I got scammed. Or, oh, this, you know, this person is not who they say they are. They are fraud. And that's not always the case. What did you do? Right. Like, how were you helping yourself? Did you show up on the calls? Were you always yeah. having an excuse? Were you always canceling? Were you like, what was the problem? within the mm. program, right? Because mm. people like to pull things out of programs, especially with us, right? Mm-hmm. Like not us physically, but us as black people, as black entrepreneurs. That's what I mean by mm. us, right? And people saying, oh, well, I went through this class and I didn't get no clients. So I went through this class and I didn't get no BNBs, right? Fortunately, in our in our case, that's not that has not been the case. It's all a matter of, well, I've been took your class a year ago and I, I still never hit the button or I took your class a year ago and I only had two or three clients that has been our you know response on the lower end from people who have not done who have not taken accountability for their actions from taking our classes and help in our steps right but I feel like um there's there has to be a, a place where you 
a time where you place yourself in the right position. Like if you you sitting around people that's not doing nothing, that's not hyping you up, that's not supportive of the things that you want to do out of life, then you need to change your circle. Like my pastor always said, if you're the smartest person in your circle, you need a new circle. If yeah. you're the brightest, if you're the brightest apple on the tree, mm. yeah. the tree might be rotten. So you you right. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you're not in a circle, you're in a cage. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And, and people always talk about like their environment or crabs in a bucket or somewhere where they're from and these things like, okay, what are you doing to get yourself out of the environment? Because I'm in book clubs, I'm in coaching programs, I'm in mentorships. I have so many other things going on that I've invested in to make sure that my personal and professional development continues, even when life gets overwhelming, even when things aren't going my way, even when it's a slow season, even when kids not right, whatever not right, friendships going bad or whatever the case may be, I still have something being poured into me, right? And sometimes it's the space of, it's just a season for those people to fall off, right? It's not anything that you're doing right or wrong. It's just a season of, the time is up. They've expired. Things expire. People expire. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, I want to ask you, um, tell me, like, I would say, what's your three most influential nouns meaning person person places or things that you would recommend that has impacted you like it could be a book it could be somewhere that you went it could be a person that has mentored you or coached you or just poured into you oh man uh person uh i would say my most influential person who has like really like pushed me and set the bar would be my sister Mm -hmm. um so is that I'm gonna send her this part too. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to She she's uh she's um my my older sister. Um, she basically raised me. She's about 12, 12, 12 years um twelve years older than me. And, um, you know, when my parents went through their situation when I was younger. My sister, you know, and her her husband, my brother in law, they took me in. But mm-hmm. you know, she she would um. She does. She's not much of a talker. She's she's a Taurus, so she's she's cold hard, cold blooded. <laughs> oh Lord, trust me, yeah. I know that's my baby. She's a Taurus, and I'd be like, <laughs> cold, cold blooded. Yep. Yeah. So, but just the way that she set the bar um, for our family, like she was buying real estate in her early twenties, you know, in New York, mm-hmm. uh, properties that she would buy when she was 21, 22, they're now worth over a million dollars. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't learn that till I got older. Um, she started buying property early um, here in Atlanta back in the you know, two, 2000s, 2003, 2004. Um, and, you know, just certain things she would say to me, uh, like, you know, when we was sleeping on the couch, you know, in, in a small studio with my mother, but I had a BMW, you know, she was, and, you know, this is when I was young and immature. She's like, hi, mm-hmm. she was hearing stuff like, you got a BMW, but you're sleeping on mommy couch. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, why you gotta say it like that though? But you're right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I I didn't like the delivery, but she was mm-hmm. right, you know. And I, I ended up as I got older and mature, you know, and um and grew. I I, I put, you know, I had a conversation with her. Like, you really, you're my sister, you know. She she she's from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you know. So she's she's a hustler. Don't have a college education. You know, was taking me. You know, she also had a, a, a my nephew Marquis. She had him very young. We mm-hmm. three years apart. You know, I remember her taking us to school with her because she was a teenage mom. 
my mother was working, so she have us in class with her in high school, you know, and, you know, so, but seeing her rise from that <clears throat> to where she is now, um, you know, my niece, Sierra, <clears throat> who's also, that's her daughter. She, she manages my properties in Texas. She's an attorney, you know, just seeing how she raised her children, how she set the bar. She's, to me, she was the first really successful person in our family, although she didn't show her success how today's success supposed to look exactly social media you know she she could put up stats but she don't even have none of that <laughs> you know but she just she she's a go-getter she likes money she likes nice things and she likes that for her and for her family not for social media <clears throat> so i admire that about her and i can go on and on but that's that's a person that has inspired me that has pushed me with just certain ways she would say things. It's not how a motivational speaker would talk. It's how you would talk to your brother, how you talk to your family and to put certain things. Like I, one of my mentors used to say, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. You know, perspective is everything. And that's something that she would remind me in certain things that she would say to me is like, you got this going on, but you could be doing this. You know, you got you know, <clears throat> X, Y, and Z. And she, don't get me wrong, she's not perfect at all you know what i'm saying but neither am i neither is any of us but when it came to how somebody carried themselves and really she's not even you know she came to this country um you know when she was like 11 12 from trinidad you know i'm the first person in family born in america so seeing how she came over here with my mother single mom trying to find their way to now having millions upon millions in real estate you know, I, that's what I, I, I be telling myself, I want to be a low-key millionaire, <laughs> you know, like off the, off the grid, you know what I'm saying? So, so that's, that's, that's my, that's my person. Um, and, uh, but, you know, of course my mother's my biggest inspiration because she did what she, the best she could with what she had and what she knew. Right. Um, you know, something my mother always used to say too, that used to hit me was I got to work two, three jobs because none of y'all making enough money to take care of me. Now both of her kids are, you know, you know, but it's certain things that they used to say to me, certain things my mother used to say, my sister used to say, which I pissed me off when I heard it at the time, you know, it kind of hit your ego, you know, burn mm -hmm. your chest a bit. But when you, <laughs> actually, you know, but when you actually start to mature and see, you know, even social media brings it up. I'm like, yeah, like you got this, you got a Benz, but you sleeping here. And I'm like, I can't even say shit. Cause that used to be me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. That used yeah. to be me, a hundred percent. Let me ask you, what was your favorite trip that you've ever taken? Oh man, so I traveled a lot. You know, I got, I got um, Thailand, I got Singapore. Um, I actually I learned how to skate, ice skate in Amsterdam, because um, oh, the, the company I was in was a travel company, the, the, the multi-level company I was in, network marketing, it was a travel company. So um, I traveled a lot, but I would say that Paris, I've been to Paris, um, but I would say Amsterdam because it was my first trip I took by myself. And okay. I actually, you know, went by, I went over there by myself. Uh, you know, walk they they you know shopping district. That was the first time I seen a Tesla store in, in <laughs> like literally had the car in the window on the corner of the street. Like it looked like Fifth I heard, Avenue. I heard they strict in Amsterdam. 
Oh man, it's, it's it's clean, and they not big on fashion. So I remember in New York, this when I was living in New York, the um, because they ride bikes, they and their shoes is dirty, <laughs> so <laughs> they got Converse and Vans. So you know, I'm walking around the little shopping district, and you know, of course, I got my social media, and I'm seeing you know that this new pair of Jays came out, these Yeezys came out, lines wrapped around. So I walked in Amsterdam. I walked in with the stores in Amsterdam. I was like, "Yo, y'all got these?" He was like, "Yeah." And and we got the whole. We have the whole shipment because nobody in Amsterdam cares about that stuff. So you can wow. take as much, you can take as much as you want, and it didn't cost as much, you know. And at the time, I'm like 20, 22, 23. Um, but yeah, that that's that was my my favorite trip. I would say Amsterdam. Um, food was good. Um, and I learned how to ice skate. You know, it was an ice skating ring right across the street from my hotel. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go put some skates on this. I, ain't nobody can take no pictures of me. Nobody knows me. So if I bust my ass, nobody, nobody knows me. But um, <laughs> that, was, that was a fun experience. That was cool. That's dope. All right. Oh, oh, another thing. You know, you know, we, listen, we stoners. So Amsterdam, <laughs> I did go to the coffee shop. <laughs> I did go to the coffee shop. So I'll tell you that. Like, they got those signs. You know, the, the, the construction road signs with mm-hmm. the lights. Tell you like you know merge because of construction. They got signs like that that says you know don't take anything off of the street because you might not make it back home. Get it at the, <laughs> you got to get it at the coffee shop. Yeah. Okay. It's, so the coffee shop is like bodegas. It's like cookies. It's like oh, okay, okay, gotcha. This, this is like because remember you know I was 22, 23 at the time, so this was before cookies. But this mm-hmm. was it was it was one of those type of um like a smoke shop. But yeah. they make, and they got a whole lounge area and everything like that. But don't take nothing off the street because it might be, you know, might not be the, the something good that'll it might help be you get back. You might, yeah, 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 yeah. For for real, for real. <laughs> it's so funny. Look, my mama think everything is fentanyl. She'd be like, "They smoke that stuff. It's like fentanyl." I'm like, "Why? Like everything is not fentanyl." Oh my god. Speaking <laughs> of trips. We going to Toronto. Of course, we had you in Tulum last year, but now we're going to Toronto in a, in less than 30 days, about 28 days now. What are you bringing to the table for Toronto? Let the people know. Oh, most definitely. So, um I'm 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 very 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 um all in like I like to the point like I said the, the coaching, the mentorship. Um you know, we, we I'm still tapping in, but I'm all in with my goal. I have a goal to do a hundred thousand a month passively just off of my short-term rental portfolio. Um, <laughs> what I'm sharing in Toronto is going to show you how to do that. Cause once you learn the skill, it's just simply rinse and repeat, you know, right. pretty mixed portfolio. I have private homes through private landlords. I have duplexes, you know, apartments. Um, so it's pretty diversified, but I'm just showing in Toronto how to do that. You know, from step one, from A to Z, you know, step by step, you know, um, different methods, you know, making your making sure you make if you're going to do this the arbitrage way, you know, you want to make sure you, you know, making your rent by a certain date, making your, you know, profits by a certain certain time. So all of that stuff I'm going through um, different, uh, you know, systems, automation, uh, you know, how to automate my cleaning, how I automate my my um, communication, uh, everything. You know, how I'm listed on multiple platforms using 
uh, Booking.com. I'm using Verbal. I'm using, of course, you know, Airbnb, Furnish Finder, Hello Landing, different platforms. Because um, I, 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 that's something else I learned in business, you know, mm-hmm. was not putting all your eggs in one basket. Why did I end up having to go back to a job after that business shut down? All of my eggs was in one basket. Right. You know, so what happens if I wake up, Airbnb got hacked by Elon Musk? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, who, who, who the hell knows? Who would have who right. What is doing what it's doing, you know. But we, you always have to, you always have to, you know, be aware of what's unknown because, especially today's time with AI, you know, I'm going to be talking about that how I implement artificial intelligence when it comes to mm-hmm. communicating with guests and so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to be talking about that. But in today's time, it's we, we live in a very unpredictable time, like from, from just walking outside, people being people to technology, doing what technology does, to the way right. we communicate, the way we travel. You know, you just never know. These people really thought they was gonna go to the Titanic and come back up. You just <laughs> never know. You just, you just never know. You know what I'm saying? I should forget that. <laughs> you just never know, you know what I'm saying? So right. we don't, we're not putting all of our eggs into one basket, whether it be you, you know, when it comes to short-term rentals, whether it comes to taxes, I see career clouds tapped in, whether it be through systems and automation, you know what I'm saying? We are not putting all of our eggs into one basket. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be doing my thing. So I'm super excited. Last year, a lot of people got results after my talk. So I'm yeah. definitely um, hoping that, you know, those who are in attendance can digest the information and get results, you know, just as fast, you know what I'm saying? And, and even more, you know what I'm saying? I want to see testimonies coming in. Yo, Jess, I'm doing a million a month. You know, when y'all told me y'all did y'all seven figures, man, I almost yeah. flipped the table. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. You know, Yamu was my first seven figure student and she's on everybody's podcast, killing the game, you know? So I, I just love it, man. And I know there's a few others out there as well. Um, I, you know, I ain't gonna mention all the names, but it's just a beautiful thing to see what, you know, um, something that wasn't really planned, the results that been able to do um, for people just looking, especially coming out of the pandemic. There's a lot of people that just right. really didn't know. I literally had students I was working with um, that were in that were in prison, in the jail system, you know, learning this information. I had people that I was literally, you know, they were rec- in, in quarantine, recovering from COVID. And I was coaching them, you know. Um, uh, shout out to Kenji. Um, and I had somebody else who lost their job, you know, in the middle of us, you know, through the in the one-on-one coaching. And you know, she actually came to the event in Brooklyn, um, Ashley, and she's doing six figures. You know what I'm saying? She actually just bought her first um, property that she's going to flip um, out in Michigan. So just seeing how this seed has really blossomed into um, the amount of people that's been able to touch. Um, and I'm just grateful that, you know, this season has came, um, but everything, you know, all good things must come to an end. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm, I'm here we are, you know, I'm, it's I'm not a an end. It's a pivot. It's a pivot. It's a pivot. It's, it's a not pivot. An end. It's a pivot. It's a pivot. It's a yeah. That's, that's a better word. It's definitely not ending. Cause I got, I got books. Like I'm about to turn up on my, my marketing on my, my short-term rental books. So yeah, it's a pivot. Hey. We still got hey. information to give out. <laughs> but yeah, so, the one-on-one coaching has taken a pivot. <laughs> Put it that way. 
We out here. Pivot to passive. Yes, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right. So, what's one question that you wish I would have asked you that I didn't or that you would have answered? Um, <laughs> how much money you make? Nah, just kidding. Nah, nah. <laughs> nah people, people really be putting you like, yo, Chess, how, how much money you making, bro? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. That's personal. That's something my sister. That's something my sister used to say. Never show. Listen, when you show people how much money you're making, that's when you open up opportunities for them to come looking for you. You know, suing you, looking for a reason to sue you. So her and my mother told me this. It's, it's crazy how much they, they, they fuss and argue, but they, they are like they got this. My mother say, never show anybody your funds. <laughs> you know, my sister say, you don't want nobody coming and looking for you. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, not nah, um, it's it's always great, you know. I, it's it's really nothing. Um, that's that's funny it. you said that too, cause I've been seeing a lot of people like get caught up on social media, and like that's the main reason. If you watch, like, I know you be watching it, like them little spliffs on YouTube, how people get caught and how they was using this much money or how they was laundering money, and cause they always start flexing. Like, you gotta think anybody that never had nothing is going to start being flashy. They're gonna start flexing. Mm -hmm. They're gonna start showing off. They're gonna start feeling like y'all gotta see me. They want everybody to know. They want everybody to know. I got it, but you, you gotta, here's the thing, man. Y'all gotta realize y'all showing off for people that don't know you, don't give a damn mm -hmm. about you, don't owe you nothing, they not feeding you. Only thing they want is what you got. Yep. Your, they want your relationships, they want your, your house, they want your car, they want what you got. They feel like they deserve it and not you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Nip, Nip, shout out to, you know, rest in peace to the great Nipsey Hustle. You know, in his own neighborhood, you know, and, and, and I had somebody break it down to me like, you out here doing this for this person, this kid, that kid, the whole neighborhood is talking about that kid, how he's went off to college, buying houses, raising his family, and you bragging about this this other kid to your kid, and now your kid is like, you know, envious, and now they want to go out and take from them because they want it. So yep. it's like, listen, man, so it's they... Everybody is not happy for your success. So you not in your mind, what I have in my mind, when I, I started making more money than I ever made in my life, we traveled. Whatever bags Keisha wanted, she got them. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We we, we, we got it out our suite. Our, our cars paid off. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, we, we got it out of our system. I'm, my mom, for Christmas, I'm dropping stacks on my mama, you know? Right. That's, that's what I did. I didn't go on the internet. I went in my, because my family, really? I wanted to impress my family because they was the ones telling me why you, you know what I'm saying, on the couch with a BMW. You not making enough money to take care of me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so it was wasn't, fuel. that was my fuel to show them, yup, your boy is good now. Your son is good now. <laughs> Remember that? Remember your baby, me? <laughs> your baby brother is good now. You know what I'm saying? So y'all, I wanted to make them proud. It wasn't the outside world. I wanted those, those are the only people I needed to impress. My kids, you know, they go into private school, paying a grip for that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But this is this is who I do it for. This is what I do right. it for, and that's the only validation I need. But for those people that need validation from the outside world, that'll get you killed. That'll 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 destroy a lot of a lot of things. May not get you killed, but it, it can be your biggest downfall trying to show off for the outside world. Somebody's always plotting, especially post-pandemic. There's a lot of people that's hungry. 
There's a lot of people that don't have nothing to lose and they're willing to risk it all to take from you. So you ain't gonna see me posting no, no cars. Oh, I just gotta know. I'll post a, a work truck. <laughs> I'm not, right. You know, I'm not posting none of that. Nope. Even when I was at your place, you notice I didn't put your, when we was playing Uno, I didn't tore my phone out. That's because mm-hmm. people, I don't like people knowing where I live. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even, y'all know I don't even post my house. Like, for as far as the internet, so, and that's another reason I don't even know if I have a house. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's another reason I didn't post it. I'm like, who am I to post what we got going on here when she don't even post her own house? And there's some people, there's some people that don't pay attention to that. You mm-hmm. might invite you might invited a couple people, and they just oh we playing Uno oh look at the backyard they, they got a nice house they got mm-hmm. a TV outside in the front and you know like <laughs> you know like you you can't <laughs> these but, but you gotta think that's cool it's a beautiful house but does Drika post her house on the internet so don't mm-hmm. post, don't do that <laughs> you know so and I know that's how I am. We don't invite people to the house. I don't like people knowing where I, when you come in my neighborhood, you don't even got service on your phone. So don't even try. <laughs> don't, don't even try to try nothing on me. Cause when you come okay. here, nobody gonna find you. You try something on me. <laughs> and I got a crazy Jamaican wife. Oh yeah, we're gonna get rid of you. <laughs> we gonna get rid of you. <laughs> so don't come try nothing. <laughs> this was amazing. This was fun. Where can our listeners find you online? Hey yo, just a y o o o j u s. That's my Instagram. Anything that I want to show you is there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Anything I want the world to know. Is there? Is there? Yes. Thank you so much. Well, Justin, I appreciate you spending your evening with us, even though we had to reschedule, of course. Here at Comma Convos Podcast, we celebrate people that are winning in their industry each and every Wednesday. We call it Wednesday. We even spell we even spell it different. W I N S D. Right? It's Wednesday. And um, thank you again. Happy Wednesday. Be sure to tell all your entrepreneur friends and everybody that you know to listen each and every Wednesday. Watch live or listen on their favorite podcast platform. And until next week, I want to see you winning and wealthy. Y'all have a good night. Thanks, Jess. Let's get it. Let's grow. Appreciate you, family. Love y'all.